Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It is uh, 136 in Edmonton. Coming up tonight, uh, pregame show at 5, kickoff at 630. It's the Edmonton Eskimos and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers from Winnipeg. Eskimos play-by-play voice, Marley Scott, joins us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. The 2-0 and Eskimos. Uh, Marley, welcome back to the show. Uh, uh, obviously a good start to the year for Edmonton. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Uh, you can't complain about the start, that's for sure. The only real problem they have right now is uh, is a little bit with the, the injury situation they're going through again. But other than that, things have been going extremely well. Their offense is just piling up yards and points. Their defense is uh, holding teams, playing a real exciting, aggressive style. And we saw what they did last week to the to the BC Lions offensive line and then Mike Riley. Uh, so, yeah, things are going pretty well so far. It's, it's only a start, but uh, you, it, as I like to say, it's never too early to be in first place. All right. How does the uh, offense differ with Trevor Harris at quarterback as opposed to, uh, you know, former league MVP Mike Riley? Well, one thing they're doing differently is, uh, is Harris really gets the ball out of his hands quickly, and, and he's spreading the ball around to uh, every one of the receivers. They're all getting targets. I mean, Ellingson's got 17 targets this year. Collins has 17 targets. Stafford, 13. Smith, 9. Ajay, 8. So the ball's being spread around a little bit. They're also using C.J. Gable uh, quite a bit. He's getting more carries than he has at any time in his career, I think, and also being used out of the backfield. So that is the main thing. It's, it's a real... It's a real timing-based offense where uh, Harris gets rid of the ball quickly. He'll take the ball, and within two seconds, a lot of times, it's out of his hand. They don't go deep an awful lot, but when they do go deep, he's been pretty effective at that. He is the, the, has the, the best percentage-wise for completions going with passes 20 yards or more downfield. I think he's completed a 7 of the 11 that he's thrown downfield. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, the one thing you will notice watching, it's a real timing-based offense. Uh, the suggestions that he's a game manager, is that a little bit unfair to him that, you know, he might have a higher upside than that as a QB? What's a game manager? Well, you know, like he's, he relies on the D. He doesn't lose the game for you, but he doesn't go out and beat you by himself. And uh, I just, you know, I mean, I, I know AJ, AJ in Ottawa says, no, he's way better yeah. than that. So I'd like to get your, I mean, you've seen him now for two weeks. The offensive yeah. numbers speak for themselves, don't they? I, yeah, I know what you mean. Like uh, that, That's an act that Matt Nichols gets a lot, too. He's a game manager, and I just think uh, they're, they're both quarterbacks who won a lot of games. They've managed themselves to a lot of victories, which is fine. What's a quarterback supposed to do? He manages the game. He makes the plays. I, right. I think that Trevor Harris 
uh, is a pretty smart football player. He does a lot of he he studies like all quarterbacks do, and, and he's ready to go. Uh, he throws the ball downfield. I think uh, his situation is a little different from say what a Matt Nichols is because Matt Nichols, uh, the most important thing of the Winnipeg offense is Andrew Harris, not the quarterback. In, right. in Edmonton system, it's the quarterback who has to make the reads, that do his progressions, and get the ball in the hands. One thing Trevor Harris is is an extremely accurate passer. He's at what seventy seven percent completion rate, which leads uh, the Canadian Football League, and and that's higher than any. Eskimo quarterback has ever been. I know it's early. It's only two games in, but it's still pretty impressive to be that high in in completion percentage. Uh, Morley, you mentioned getting after the quarterback, and I I didn't see the game against BC, uh, but by all reports, uh, and as you mentioned, they got a lot of pressure. Is this a very different-looking defense and a different philosophy maybe than under last year with Mike Benavides? Now you hit it on the head with that, Bob. It's different philosophy. Um, Philip Lawley's an aggressive defensive coordinator. He wants his team, whether it's at the line of scrimmage, whether it's in the secondary, to go after the football, to go after the ball carrier. That's why uh, you can see the, the defensive backs really challenging receivers. They take away space. Uh, they're they're not their their phrase is a knockdown's not good enough. We want an interception. Uh, an interception's not good enough. We want a pick six. They they just are very aggressive with the way they play defense. And we certainly saw that with the defensive line last week, just getting all over Mike Riley. Uh, seven sacks uh, in the game. They they sacked him another five times. They got called back due to penalties. They made contact with him probably on another 15 or 20 of his drop wow. Uh It was just an incredible amount of pressure. Every time Mike Riley took a drop, he, was, uh, he had an Eskimo in his face. And a lot of times, even... After he threw the pass, or as he threw the pass, he was getting hit. Uh, he paid the price last week. It was a it was a pretty dominant performance uh, for the Eskimos' uh, defensive line over the over the Lions' offensive line, and that could be the case again tonight. Because if you look at the offensive line of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, uh, they're pretty good on the ends. They've got a couple of veteran players uh, on the ends in, uh, in Stanley Bryan and Jamarcus Hardrick. But the guys who are in the middle, they've got a combined five starts in the Canadian wow. Football League in the in the two guards and the center. Uh, so that's that's going to be an issue. A couple of guys, uh, the two guards, Speller and Gray, they just started their first game in the CFL two weeks ago. So uh, the, the Eskimos' defensive line, if they play like last week, they've got a chance to cause a lot of damage again tonight. How is the health of the uh, Eskimos right now? Which uh, position, or, or maybe is it a byproduct of special teams that gets affected a, a, a bit the most from your perspective? That gets what? Uh, what? Sorry. Well, which? Uh, how's the injury status with the Eskimos right now? And is there collateral damage that maybe gets felt the most on special teams once you start getting nicked up in some positions? Well, the the biggest thing they've they've had to do uh, is uh, make a change in the ratio at the uh, safety position. Uh, it's been Money Hunter who's been playing safety in American, but they've had to move. Uh, Jordan Hoover in there, a Canadian, to play safety tonight because of an injury on the offensive line. Okay. Uh, with uh, uh, Ruby coming out of the game, that means uh, Travis Bond has to go in to start, and he's an American at the left guard spot. It'll be his first game of the year, so to keep the Canadian ratio going, they've had to make that change in the defensive backfield. So that's that's one effect, uh, the first real effect you've seen with the Eskimos because of the injuries. Uh, but they've, they've got a, a few guys out. A lot of the guys, I think it's like six of the guys they signed uh, in free agency from other teams are on the injured list right now and some of them or most of them are on the six game injured list so uh it, it it's going to be a long time before this group of eskimos which was envisioned back in february after that great free agency day it's going to be a while before that group gets on the field to play together because so many of them are on the six game injured list
areas, which means we won't see some of them maybe not till August. Morley, I'm nowhere near as close to it as you are, uh, but my memory was Edmonton had challenges winning in Hamilton and winning in Winnipeg. Has that changed a bit in their new stadium? Well, it absolutely has. I mean, they had an awful lot of trouble winning at the old uh, stadium in uh, Winnipeg. Uh, the, the Eskimos' all-time record in Winnipeg, I think they've got 35 wins against uh, 60 losses and two ties. But at IGF, they've won six of seven games in the wow. regular season. They've also won a playoff game. They've also won the Grey Cup game there, too. So uh, they, they don't mind the move at all. I know I've been doing it for 10 years now, and the first uh, four or five years, they never won a game, never even came close to winning a game in Winnipeg, save for 2012 when Steve Giles uh, fumbled the football late in the game and uh, Winnipeg went down for the winning score after that. But, yeah, they, Winnipeg's always been a tough place to play in the old barn. But in the new place, the Eskimos are quite fond of IG Field because, obviously, the great memories of the 2015 Great Cup, but they've piled up a lot of wins there. All right, uh, pregame show at 5, Edmonton time? 5 o'clock, 6.30 for the kickoff. First place is on the line in the CFL West. The Eskimos are 2-0. and The Bombers, who had the bye week last week, are 1-0. and uh, Both teams coming off wins against the BC Lions. Morley, thanks for your time. Give that, Bob, anytime. Talk to you later. Yep, that's Morley Scott, Eskimos play-by-play voice. 144 in Edmonton. When we come back, a double dip of Brendan's, Escott and Ulrich in studio on Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. 147 in Edmonton, Royal Pizza. Pizza pass and so much more. Royal Pizza, 50 years. That's right. It's the silver anniversary of Royal Pizza. Edmonton owned and operated with 14 locations in the Edmonton and surrounding area. Visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Well, what a pleasure uh, this next segment's going to be for me. Uh, around this time, about a year ago, Brendan Ulrich told me that uh, he was going to move into Tales for Sales where all the money is. And Sid Smith wanted to make it really easy. So he said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hire the best candidate named Brendan. And that's what he did. So we've got, uh, we welcome back uh, Brendan Ulrich. Brendan Ulrich, how you doing? Good, Bob. It's an honor to be in the studio. Especially uh, an since honor. It's June. I mean, free agencies are on the corner. There's lots going on. I figured you'd save the invite for late August. but uh, uh, you, You'll be doing, uh, actually in August, you'll be doing a show uh, with us, Scott, here. Oh, okay. uh, Brendan's here as well. Brent, so we got Brendan and Brendan. Brendan, how are you? I'm doing well. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's get to it. Uh, uh, I, I know you're out there flogging the uh, wares of 6:30, Chad, um, Ken Holland, and uh, Dave Tippett. What, what's your thoughts, sort of, on the experience of uh, uh, those two guys uh, working to, to lead the orders moving forward? Well, can I comment from a sales standpoint, Bob? Because I think there's a lot of excitement, which should yeah. lead to a lot of new clients on the air come come season time. So I look at it that way now. So. But you've noticed with people yes. that there is a there's a buzz, excitement level. Um, We'll see what happens here in free agency. Uh, the draft has, uh, you know, come and went, but uh, not a lot of action there. I like the Brober pick, though. I'll, yeah. I'll say that. I think that should uh, lead to a nice long-term play for the Oilers. But we'll see what happens in, in free agency. They need to make the playoffs this year in order I think to we, that. Yeah, there's no question they need to make the playoffs. Brennan, from your perspective, and you hosted a couple of shows over the last uh, month or so. Did you, and, you know, obviously you're dealing with the text on a daily basis. And the way it works is our texts that get slugged for this show come in between noon and 2, but people send them in before 
before and after. What's what, what you know? What's the word of mouth you get in terms of the combination of Holland with Tippett? I think the experience and just the change in general. Everybody seems to be optimistic right now. I got that sense of the season ticket holders. Uh, the, the hot seat event that they yeah. did uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, just cautious optimism. I would would say is the blanket term right now amongst the fan base. Yeah, uh, we did another one last night. Just myself and Keith Kratzky. The one that you were at that night was uh, Ken Holland and Dave Tippett and Jack Michaels and myself and. Uh, that was the night of the uh, which game was it in the NBA final? It was game five or whatever, maybe or that was the game they won. So that was game six. Oh, that was game six. <laughs> I believe it was game six. And so yeah. it was not the ideal night to be going up against it. Um, so I'm gonna put you guys on the spot here. Corey Perry, yay or nay for you, Brendan Ulrich? I would say yes. I don't know if he'd want to come here though. That'd be interesting. Uh, yeah, I think there. I think that there'd be some consideration there, just because he could prop the numbers up yeah. for a year. Oh, I think a guy like that would fit nicely with McDavid. No doubt about that. Yeah. What about you, Brendan? I like him in any role on yeah, that team because role. of the leadership that he would bring, the experience in that regard, and that's something they don't. The Oilers don't really have that veteran leadership presence. I think Perry could provide that and and be a pain to play against as well. All right, uh, we'll start with Mr. Escott on Brett Connolly. I, you know what? I don't want to toot my own horn on this, but I was looking at him as an option right around the end of the season. Uh, I didn't verbalize that, but it was a name that crossed my mind. I like him. I watched him play in the WHL uh, back when he was doing battle in Prince George with Kamloops, of sure. course. And uh, I think that anytime you can bring in a 20-goal scorer with cup experience, you better look at that. Now, there was a right wing that uh, Ken Holland's had before that, Brendan Ulrich, you were pushing hard a couple of, uh, last summer. Uh, he's had two stints <laughs> with the Detroit Red Wings. Do you remember that? Are you talking with Thomas Vatic? Thomas yeah, Vatic, oh yeah. Boy, I don't know if I go down that road again, but last year I would have liked this. Yeah. Him, but uh, what about know. Connolly? Yeah, see, Connolly to me is a guy I would like. I thought that he, that's who you'd ask me about yeah. the first time because okay. of the Washington connection there. But uh, yeah, it depends what the price point is. Uh, I like Connolly. I just don't know where they'd slot him in the lineup. Would they try to play him on the first line and see if he can produce there? He never played with Ovechkin and Knetsov in Washington, so I don't know if he'd fit with McDavid here. You heard Al Um, May. Al May said he thinks he's the third-line guy. That's that's where I'd want to see him if he was here, but if they're going to pay him $4 million or whatever it is in free agency, I don't know what the cost would be. They'll probably force him up the lineup, so we'll see. I would be going after Burakoski from Washington. That's what you would do? That would be my first... Guy, I'd go after. I don't know what the cost would be in, in a trade, but I think there's a lot of upside. My there. guess is it would be a buy down for yeah. Washington. Like I think, I think you know what? I think they would consider doing as an example Pulleyarvi for Burakovsky because mm-hmm. they need to buy their team down. Well, Connolly's what 27. He just had his. Yeah, he's he he was in Hall's draft in 2010. Yeah, career year for him. Burakovsky's what 24. Yeah, I think he could get to 30 goals potentially one day, especially in the top six on the Oilers. Are we missing a boat here on Alex Chason? Like the guy had a 22 goal season. I mean, we got to assume that Connolly's going to get probably three and a half million at least times three years. Like, is the better play not? Uh, Brennan Escott just to go maybe bring Alex Chason back in a two-year deal? I think so, but we're not sure what he's going to try and command on the free agent market coming off of that. I think the market needs to be set before they look at re-signing him. I get the impression he wants to be here. I really like what he brings to the team in the offensive zone. I think he's got some of the best hockey IQ that I've seen out of this group, so I have no problem bringing him back, but let's see what he wants first. What do you miss the most about not uh, being involved in Oilers now and uh, the Eskimo broadcast and things like that? 
Oh, well, I would say I miss seeing you the most, Bob, but I do see you quite a bit still because you're yeah, always Yeah, you don't miss it that much. You're bugging me just as much downstairs now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's is it, wait a sec. Isn't it working the other way around, yeah. actually? You're bugging me to... No, I, I miss talking to the fans. You know, that connection with the fans. That was the best part about it because you, you feel like people still want to talk to you about hockey everywhere you go. And yeah. I guess it's still a little bit like that as a sales guy because we're, we're talking to others when we meet these clients, but it's not the same connection yeah. when you can say you work with Bob Stoffer. Oh, stop. There we go. Go. All right, well, we're going to go to uh, this day in Oilers history and pass it over because it was a pretty important day, and uh, here's Brendan Escott. Yeah, Bob, back in 2012, Ralph Kruger was named the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, replacing Tom Rennie. The following season, of course, was cut short by a work stoppage, and Kruger led the team thereafter to a 19-22-7 record. That was good for third in the Northwest Division, but they did miss the playoffs. In his only season behind an NHL bench, he was replaced by Dallas Aikens to start the following year and left for the English Premier League in February of 2014. And now back as the head coach of the Buffalo Sabres on a $4 million a year deal, despite only having one year as head coach. Uh, Brandon Ulrich, thanks for dropping by, buddy. Anytime. Say hi to Shane Bogdan for me, okay? Well, why? What's going on? Oh, I, saw, I saw him down at Oilers uh, morning skate one day. He's tough to miss. I mean, he, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was telling me about that. He, We're he, trying he, to get him to do a remote live on location here, so maybe you can do that. Uh, uh, well, uh, there you go. There was. I just remember the time he walked into the dressing room, and he, I mean, he's like, what, six foot four and a half, six oh, five? Yeah. He's a big boy. And he had, like, he had the classic uh, rockers haircut from about 1988. <laughs> this would be in the early to mid 1990s. And I mean, he just, he literally looked like your uh, stereo typical uh, enforcer, period. And I remember Robin Brownlee, I was like, who the hell is that guy? I'm <laughs> fine out at Shane Bogdan. That's your uncle. Great stuff. Brendan, uh, who do we got coming up on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now? We will have Elliot Friedman for our friends at the River Cree Resort and Casino, and I guess that'll be his last appearance of the, uh, uh, the season as well. Sure, absolutely. Well, up next, a news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoon news with Jalen Nye. Uh, a reminder tonight, Eskimo pregame shows at 5 p.m. The kickoff is at uh, 6.30. The Eskimos and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You heard Marley Scott, a battle for first. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad.